Welcome to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. In this episode, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Welcome, welcome. This lesson is uh, going to be on breath, um, mostly uh, the basics of breath anatomy that you would need to know. I've uh, obviously encountered this, uh, you know, disharmonic breath patterns uh, over and over again in practice, in my practice. Um, and there's a lot of information out in the world about how to work with that. Actually, there are, um, you know, quite a few things you could do, but I believe there's some basic concepts that one would definitely need to know to uh, be effective. So we'll talk about those. Um, but before we get into disharmony, let's look at how it actually works. And, um, you know, the, the amazing thing about the breath, right, is that it's the link between the parasympathetic, the rest, digest, and heal system, and the sympathetic system, thing that kind of revs us up and, and creates activity. And also the fact that it is controlled um, both consciously if we want and unconsciously, like when we sleep. Or if we were knocked out even, the breath would still go, right? So the breath is amazing. Um, obviously in yoga and yogis have been thinking about breath for years and um, you know have a lot to say about it. But I think it's good to look at um, where this all comes from. So, you know, the sutra I'd point us to is 247, which is yoga pose asana, right? Is mastered by relaxation of effort, lessening the tendency for restless breathing. So, you know, the, the end of that sutra could be, um, my teacher translated as, and promoting an identification of oneself as living within the infinite breadth of life. So from this, right, non-restless breathing, free breathing, we move towards here. And I like uh, to think about that sutra mainly because, you, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that that's the real point of this, is that, you know, often move, the point of movement, right, would be to um, create breath patterns which are undisturbed so that our minds can work more effectively and uh, see the truth more clearly. And sometimes in order to do that, we need to work with the physical body. Sometimes we need to work directly with the physical body in terms of the breath, and sometimes we need to work with asana, um, and there's many ways to do that. Um, and I guess, you know, the traditions have been riffing on this, right? now for hundreds of hundreds of years. So let's look at the breath itself and what's going on when we breathe. So in the, in the simplest way, right, the, the primary muscle of, of, of breathing is the diaphragm. And the diaphragm is dome-shaped, as I'm sure many of you know. And when we uh, inhale, right, it contracts and sort of moves down like this so that the dome kind of creates a dome with the curve going down right and it creates space 
It creates space for the air to come in. The other, the other thing that happens when we inhale is our intercostals are another um, sort of prime mover, and they're the muscles in between our ribs, and they cause our rib cage to lift. So the rib cage lifts. So as the rib cage lifts and the diaphragm descends, we get all this more space for the lungs to fill up. And that is, in a way, you know, the basic mechanism of breathing. And it's a vacuum. So as that space gets created, the air, so if you were unconscious, right, the air would come in automatically and fill your lungs. Now, there's also um, secondary muscles which help with breathing. And those would be the scalenes, which are right here, sort of next to your trapezius muscles, your trapezius muscle, your sternocleidomastoid, your SCM, which if you grab your neck, that muscle that you grab right here, that attaches down here by your collarbone, and um, your pec minor, which is a smaller pec muscle under your pec major, which you can easily feel. Now, all these are attached right in some way to uh, the clavicle and rib cage area, right? Now, these can also lift as we breathe. So if you take a breath like that, right up into the top of your chest, all those muscles react. The other place where you'd be, it's kind of easy to feel this, <laughs> I'm doing a simulation for you. If you put your fingers on a computer keyboard, right, and your shoulders are up, you know, you could kind of feel everything contracting. So uh, a lot of times people who, you know, work at a computer all the time, these muscles will be uh, developed from breathing, which isn't probably ideal. Now, when you breathe out, the diaphragm moves up, right? The, uh, the intercostals relax, the ones that were lifting, and bring your rib cage down. And as the diaphragm moves up, the air moves out. And again, this would happen unconsciously as well. Now, the main thing is that the secondary muscles should not be doing the primary muscles job. And this is true throughout the entire body. So smaller muscles will also have, often have trouble when the primary movers aren't uh, really doing their job. So those are the main actors. And in, in order for those main actors to work, a couple other things happen, which is the belly expands as you inhale. So it relaxes, the abdominal muscles relax and create, creates room for the diaphragm to descend. Right? As, as the diaphragm descends, it squishes all sorts of organs and brings blood flow to those organs. So it's very important that we breathe normally. And actually, while we're talking about that, when you exhale and the diaphragm moves up, it actually massages your heart. So every time you exhale, your heart gets a little massage, which is important because your heart has to beat all the time your entire life. So that is a necessary thing for human happiness, right? The diaphragm moving up, massaging, diaphragm moving down, massaging, the abdominal muscles relaxing and allowing everything to expand a bit. The other thing that happens is that when you inhale and exhale, your pelvis and sacrum and lower back and coccyx, so all the muscles at the bottom of, of your torso there, they all move too. They're all affected by this. And the thing you would, I guess, really need to know about this, there's lots of interesting kind of actions that happen there, but unless everything is balanced and free, 
right? You're going to have restriction and therefore problems in the breath, which leads to health problems. So it is important that people understand sort of what a, a free breath is. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So just a quick review of what I just said mechanics-wise. The diaphragm descends, the intercostals, right, allow the rib cage to come up to the sides. We have all these secondary actors, which it's fine if they do a little bit, but they're not supposed to be primary. Your SCM, your trapezius, your scalenes, your pec minor, all help lift the rib cage up, but they shouldn't be doing, they shouldn't be the main event. And as the diaphragm descends, right, it squishes everything and spreads, your belly expands, and the, there's plenty of room for the air, come, air to come in, all the organs get massaged, so they have proper blood flow. And, and also, the bottom of your body, right, your, your coccyx, right, your pelvic floor, all that has this kind of rhythm that's um, entrained with uh, your breathing. And that would be ideal. So... As you exhale, your intercostals come down, the rib cage descends, and the diaphragm moves upwards. And then the belly would naturally right, not be expanded. Now, to be clear, this is what we're talking about in, in free breathing, like regular breathing, ideal breathing, just sitting around breathing. This is not the same as asana and pranayama, right? So we manipulate muscles purposely in asana pranayama to achieve certain effects. So this is not the same as relaxed breathing. So in a way, you know, there's lots of traditions, lots of different ways you can breathe in yoga, but it's good to remember and to make clear to your clients, right, and students, that yogic breathing, right, is not the same as natural breathing. And I've seen this confused many times. It always confuses me to see this. Um, so we might uh, do many things in asana, right, to, to manipulate the breath. So we might contract our abdominal muscles, pull our belly in to enhance the exhalation. We might contract the pelvic floor muscles, right, mula bandha, to uh, stabilize the pelvis, stabilize the uh, lumbar spine, right? So there's not too much arch in the lumbar spine. It also kind of supports the organs because as the diaphragm comes down, the organs shift down. So maybe if we pull up on our pelvic floor, it kind of makes that happen a little bit less. We, we, we do all these things on purpose for therapeutic effect, right? Or energetic, pranic effect. But this is not what happens when we're just hanging out breathing. <clears throat> so when we when we use asana right to help with breathing um, we want to be certain we want to be thinking about certain things so the main ones are this when we inhale our arms come up, and when you inhale, your ribs and, and lift your arms, it, it expands your ribs. So to lift an arm will splay that rib out to the side, out and up, right? So this is something we would do on the inhale to help our breathing with our body. 
kinds of things uh, that we do are arms up, right? Chest expansion, maybe arching our back, right? Opening up the front of our body, which we've all done in asana. Um, anytime you move into back bends or lengthening the spine when you inhale, right? Or um, when you're coming out of a, a forward bend or a lateral bend, that would be an inhaling motion. So you wouldn't inhale and come forward, which is kind of obvious because you squish your belly. You might not come inhale and go to the side so much. That'd be more extension. And then you would exhale to the side. So inhaling, to sum up, raising arms, expanding chest, arching the back, moving into back bends and extensions, and coming out of these exhaling motions of forward and lateral bends. And when you exhale, things you might do to enhance the exhale in asana with your body, right, are lowering the arms, compressing the abdomen, like pulling your belly in, doing a forward bend, doing a twist, or moving out of a back bend. So you're inhaling into cobra, and then you're coming out of cobra, and you're exhaling out of the back bend. These are all natural places um, to exhale. Um, so there's lots of other little things um, that happen when you breathe. It's not really that important to, in terms of communicating with your clients, right, to know more than what I just tell, told you or to explain more than what I just told you. Um, and the reason is th that information, the more subtle information on breathing, which we could talk about right now, but we're not on purpose, isn't going to be useful to them. These are the things that are going to be useful to them. The belly expands, right, the ribs splay out, th things like this. So let's talk about some uh, common problems. So probably, you know, the biggest two are reverse breathing and chest breathing. So reverse breathing is when you inhale and the abdomen goes in and you exhale and the abdomen goes out. So just try it for a minute for yourself. Inhale, pull your abdomen in, exhale, let your abdomen come out. It's actually, if you're not a reverse breather, it's very weird. It's kind of, it's almost hard to do. You can do it, but it feels kind of strange. This is uh, a really common breath pattern um, that I see coming in. And what happens because of it often is people are very disorganized in their thinking and they're also disorganized physically. So they'll be, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of clumsy, um, disoriented, right? Because the most basic movement in their body is reversed. So everything's kind of standing on its head, not in a good way, right? So reverse breathing can cause a lot of problems. The other thing you'll see a lot is chest breathing, where the abdomen is contracted and the person's breathing in and out. So let's try that for a minute. So pull your abdomen in, like pull your belly in. Breathe in, breathe out. A couple things you'll notice. One is that, of course, the chest fills up and that's because all your secondary muscles are working because the diaphragm can't descend properly. The other thing that's happening, you might notice it's really hard to exhale. 
It's really, really hard to exhale. Um, this pattern, just like reverse breathing, but even worse, uh, creates a ton of tension in your shoulders, upper back, and neck. Um, the other thing that happens is that 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 um, abdomen is always in, so the abdomen's chronically tight, and the abdomen being in like that doesn't let the diaphragm descend, and then you have a reduced blood flow to the organs, uh, which can also cause health, health problems um, long term. And you know, you'll see this breathing pattern in very stressed people. Now, hard to say whether stress causes the breathing pattern or breathing pattern causes the stress. I mean, often, if you're seeing somebody who's been doing this 30 years, it's not so much about external stress anymore. Why? Maybe it was the reason their breaths, they started doing this. But by the time you see them, now they're, they're simply stressed by their own breathing. They might not identify it as such. So these are pretty intense. There's been studies um, that, show a correlation between chest breathing and high blood pressure and heart attacks. So it can lead to serious uh, health concerns. So it's good for us to help uh, reverse that. And um, there's many other variations on these. These are the biggest ones you'll see. Um, the other variations are basically frozen patterns usually where um, sometimes it's called frozen breathing where the entire body is kind of locked down right so the abdomen's tight the shoulders are rolled in right all the accessory muscles are tight everything's tight and doesn't really move so you could try that sort of crunching up and breathing in and out you'll notice it feels a little different than the chest breathing where the belly's in but you could still have a, a lengthened posture so this is a little different so you could try that um and then there's other variations where like the throat is closed, the, the muscles in the throat. So if you kind of close your glottis, almost like you're doing ujjayi, but you're doing that all the time. That causes a lot of tension, obviously, in the neck and in the mind. So, but these are, these are, you know, and there's a million variations on this, but that's the other general thing you see, like frozen. Frozen, and you really see someone frozen in an open-hearted backbend. Doesn't happen that much. Thanks for listening to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, and sharing it with friends. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com.